Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. All right. It is the May 13th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is yet another Friday edition. It's Friday the 13th edition. The NFL schedule is out as of uh, 7 o'clock last night. And boy, does this thing look good, I would say. Uh, It's still round two of the NBA playoffs. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I think we're getting a little more bang for our buck in this round than the last one. I'm Chris, and with me always is John. Hey, listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, you can help us out by subscribing and sharing the show with your sports-loving friends and family and your favorite podcasting app, whatever you're using to listen, you can like hit the subscribe button or you can hit share and then you can send it out to the world and then they can enjoy this wonderful sports podcast right alongside you. Also, if you're sick of supporting, you know, I don't know, ESPN, Fox Sports, I don't big 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 corporate sports sites, we offer you umyasports.com as a place that you can go every day like throughout the day. Just keep refreshing it. That's what I do. I just refresh it all day long. So I know what's happening throughout the day in the world of sports. Uh, it's curated for, you know, sports content from around the uh, around the web, a lot of local stuff that we bring together uh, and uh, try to share with you um, various storylines going on throughout the, uh, the various uh, professional and collegiate sports out there. All right, without out of the <laughs> with that out of the way, let's jump into uh, today's episode because uh, I love it when the NFL schedule comes out and we get to start to see, you know, what are the national games going to be? What's Sunday night football? What's Monday night football? We've got all of these changes in the booths, the various booths. Thursday night is now um, going to maybe become a bigger thing. I don't know. It's always seemed a little... I know we've talked about this. Uh, John, hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. You know, you can jump in anytime. Yes. You don't have to wait for me to uh, say hey. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the uh, the schedule is out, yeah, sir. it is. Pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's the what's the thing that hits you, hit you first and hits you upside the head and you're like, wow? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, I... I like the uh, Denver Seattle game. I think that's going to be interesting yeah. to bring. That, so that's like what? Russell o- Wilson back. So we got opening. Was that like opening week? That's week one. The first week one for Denver. And it's what is it? A, it's a night game. It's a Monday night football. Monday game. night first football Monday game. Night football game of the year. So who's doing Monday night football now? It's uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Okay. 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 Good. So they went together on that. Awesome. So that I mean that's a great week one, and then the following week you get Tennessee and Buffalo for Monday night football. Yeah, so that's good. Back to back. That's good. Know, great games. And then Sunday night, the first game is the Rams and the Bills, which has you know big implications yep. because Von Miller is now a Buffalo Bill as opposed to a, mm. a Ram. You mm-hmm. know, reunite there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, that's like the opening game because that's the Monday night football game. But the first week, week one, that's what they labeled it as, which is kind of weird because it's a little odd. But it's the the Bucks and the the Cowboys again. I feel yeah. like we just had that last this season. Well, we come back. Here we are. And then the Bucks but we're playing it. in the other stadium, right? Uh, who is probably that? Who is that at? Let me check here. Hold yeah, on. they probably swapped stadiums. I mean, I hope so. That's my guess. Why would they put it together? Yeah, I'm not sure where they played last time. But they played at Tampa last time. Okay, uh, then it's probably. This doesn't really. say where they're playing here, but 
Tampa see. gets two Sunday night it. football games. It's at Dallas. Is it at Dallas? Yeah, okay, and it's a Sunday night football at Dallas. That's well, that makes sense then because yep. we want to change it up. I also like the week four matchup for Sunday night football in the form that that's Kansas City versus Tampa Bay, which is a rematch of the Super Bowl from a few years ago, and Patrick Mahomes can see what he can do against uh, this really good Tampa team that has had some changes over the off season, as we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that I think those are probably the, uh, those ones I looked at from. I mean, also one of the things I me- was looking at. We got Kansas City, Tampa. That's what I said. Okay, yeah, Sunday night. Yep, that's uh, it. And I, I also like how many games Denver is getting in prime time because well, of Russell. Because of Russell Wilson. It's week fourteen and Sunday night football. They get week three and week fourteen yeah. uh, against Kansas City and San Francisco, respectively. And then if you look at Monday night football. They get Seattle and uh, against Seattle. Obviously, we mentioned that. You get the, against the Chargers. Then you get against Jacksonville, which is strange. Why would you put Jacksonville in primetime? But we'll see how they play. Um, and then. Well, now that Urban Meyer's out, they're going to like play football. Oh, well, yeah, hopefully. Uh, it depends on how, how their team puts together. But they get a, quite a few more primetime games now because of, you know, Russell Wilson kind of helping them out. But the, the one of the things we mentioned uh, on Wednesday was the fact that the Rams have the hardest uh, strength or the hardest schedule, it's hardest strength of schedule, and that's pretty apparent. They've got to play Buffalo, uh, and then they got to play. I'm just kind of bouncing around a little sure, bit, but fine. it's Buffalo, it's Arizona, it's San Francisco, um, it's the Cowboys, it's San Francisco again, it's Tampa, it's Car- the Cardinals. They have to play t- San Francisco and the Cardinals twice, Kansas City, the Saints, the Raiders. The Packers, the Broncos, and the Chargers. Those are, you know, the best games that they have. Um, so that's going to be a little bit of a challenge to get, you know, repeat it, you know, repeat the, you know, get back to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, this none of these teams are pushovers necessarily. I mean, Seattle might be the easiest. Maybe the Falcons are also in that conversation. But most of these teams are going to be hard for them to beat. Uh, and I, I like this. I think this Rams schedule in particular is going to be a lot of fun to watch as we kind of see where, the, you know, this team lies and how it's going to go for them. But that, I mean, I feel like is, I agree, probably one of the hardest schedules based off what we've seen. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you win the Super Bowl. You right. get the toughest schedule. That's the way it's supposed to work. That's that's proper Defend it, proper right? uh, like, <laughs> scheduling. Yeah. And I also was looking at the Lions one because I talked about the Lions and how I think they'll have success this season. Yeah. Um, and when you look at their schedule, you know, it has, it has some easy spells in there, but they're also going to have to play good football. They got to play week one. Against the Eagles, which we're trying to figure out what type of Eagles team we're going to have. That team's going to still be trying to find their identity a little bit, you know, because they built up a new pass rush uh, defensively. So we're going to have to see where that all lands. But then you get the Commanders, which shouldn't be too difficult. You get the Vikings. That should be end up being a very competitive football game. You get Seattle, who I think could be a, a win for them. You get the Patriots the following week, which that game, you know, that's, that could go either way, but th- that Patriots team is obviously very good. The Cowboys, I don't count that as a win necessarily unless they were able to ball- bottle up Ezekiel Elliott, but I wouldn't really count out this team because they're new invigorated defense, which I think is going to be very good. Um, skipping ahead a little bit, you get Chicago, New York, and back-to-back football games, which should both be Ws. Uh, and then you get, you know, Jacksonville, who we don't really know who Jacksonville is going to be, but I figure they'll beat that one. Uh, you get the Jets. Carolina and then the Bears again. So overall, I think this the schedule plays in the favor of the fact that the Lions can definitely win. You know, over fifty percent of those games. It just really depends on what type of Lions team they field. 
but I think last season where they went through those ups and downs and had opportunities to win, but really could not get over the hump. Um, I think now that's going to be changing because of the team that they have drafted and put together and, and is now are now fielding plus the team that they already had, excuse me, makes them a really good contending football team. And I think that schedule and now since we kind of see who they're playing week over week, um, and we'll be talking about this, you know, in a deeper dive as the season begins, but I see a lot of those games being wins for them. And then the last schedule I was, you know, looking at, there's yeah. plenty of coming out here, but was the was the Tennessee Titans one I mentioned that I was looking forward to the Tennessee Titan uh, schedule, and they also don't, you know, they didn't they didn't get out easy. I mean, no. well, week they're... one you have to play Baltimore, then you got to play Tampa, then you got to play Arizona. Those three games are not going to be pushover games. So There's going to be you know a battle. Then you get a little bit of a break with the New York Giants. However, then you got to play Buffalo, which is, um, or is that week wait. No, sorry. The Tampa Bay, Baltimore, and Arizona. I read yeah. that wrong. Those are preseason games. Okay. Week one is New York. Right. Then they get Buffalo. Then they get the Raiders. Then they get the Colts, and then they get Washington. So there's some definite games in here that are going to be struggles for them. Like the Denver one, I see being, you know, a battle, especially Russell Wilson being under center there. Uh, Buffalo, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. The Colts, uh, that's a little bit of a toss-up. We'll have to see who, what type of team they field. But Kansas City... Um, and I also think the Dallas Cowboy game will also be a little bit of a struggle as well. But if you look at this schedule, there's teams that are going to be hard for them to play. But they also get Jacksonville twice. They get Houston twice. They get um, Philadelphia. They get the um, Chargers. They get Washington. So they have opportunities to – I feel like that schedule doesn't fit the type of team, if you know what I mean, that the, the Tennessee Titans are this – I feel like they're a dominant powerhouse team and are now better. Um, so I feel like some of those wins, I feel like those, that might be a little bit too easy for the Tennessee Titans team that they are. Uh, obviously, we'll have to see exactly how that shapes out because each of these teams are building and are getting better. We talked about the fact that um, I think that this t- these teams are just a couple years out from getting better, and I think a lot of those teams are at that point. But Houston still has a lot of question marks that have to be figured out. Jacksonville still has to figure out who their identity is and are they able to catch the football you know, and it gets the same drives. Uh, under new management and everything like that so there's a lot of interesting games happening but i feel like the sunday night and monday night football games have really dominant slates so i'm excited to see how that turns out i like the rams schedule i think that was um well put together i think that kind of fits the team that they are and then tampa has you know a pretty pretty decently hard one as well um but they they do get to play seattle and germany which will be yeah that'll be be interesting first game in germany right in munich And that's also going to be a little bit weird for Seattle. I, I think I read that Seattle will be traveling the most of any team as far as time zones are concerned, back yeah. and forth, back and forth. Yeah. The Steelers will not cross a different time zone and will travel the fewest miles <laughs> out of any other football team. So we'll see how that works out for them. But you know, a vast majority of that travel uh, will be for, will be from that Germany trip, which is going to be quite a few miles for them. Yeah. And the big time zone change. So we'll see how awake they are. All right, very good. Let's let's go back to the uh, NBA. I don't know if you know this, but we're in the round two of yes. the NBA playoffs. Uh, this round is, I think, a little bit more uh, even than the last round, at least uh, when you look at the records. Yeah. Not necessarily when you look at individual games. Um, what's going on in the Memphis Grizzlies Golden State Warriors series? The Warriors just so Jaw is out. Mm-hmm. And the the Memphis Grizzlies get better, and they blow out a fully stocked Golden State Warriors team. What the heck? 
happened. So I think for a lot of Golden St- or for a lot of um, Memphis fans, this wasn't that big a surprise because when Ja Morant was out, uh, they're like Which, I guess twenty you're and two. When he's he out now, the rest of the playoffs, season. right? Yeah. So for the rest, because they're like rounds, man, because uh... <laughs> so, he got a bone bruise, so yeah. I guess he's not gonna be able to play. Yeah. But like when he's not playing in the regular season this season, when they were in the regular season, he missed like twenty two games. They were twenty and two when he was not on the court as a t- team and as a franchise. So when you look at it, and um, it, it just looks like it's one of those things where I believe this team has a really good shell of players. My question was, what, is their ability to close out basketball games something they can kind of hang their hat on? Now, this game win where they absolutely dominated Golden State, I would not be called this one of the opportunities where they closed out the basketball game. What I call it is the ability to play a solid first quarter through third quarter to the point where Golden State just takes out all their starters and plays backups. And so you just kind of have to play. I mean, you don't really have to play basketball anymore at that point because there's no way they're going to be able to climb back into the game. So that's a question mark that we still have to have answered is how well can this team close out games, uh, which they've been struggling with doing, especially when Golden State went up 3-1. I fully expected Golden State to kind of bring down the hammer and say, all right, this is finished. This is where it's going to end. They didn't do that. Instead, they decided to get absolutely destroyed. Uh, And when I watched the film, um, we started to see, and I mentioned this on the podcast on Wednesday, how I felt like the Golden or this War or this uh, Grizzlies team was not playing the same style of basketball that we're used to. And then this game, the three-point shots started going a lot more, and they started dropping quite a bit. They started playing very physical inside, drawing fouls. They did everything that you expect from this goal or from this. I keep saying Golden State, <laughs> from this Grizzlies team. So I think that's a big positive for them going forward. No matter if they win the next game today or not, I believe it's a big positive in the direction where they're going in the right direction. So I think that's really good for them. But my question is, can Golden State bounce back? And if you look at this game, Golden State just struggled in a lot of facets, but it was kind of their fault. They were struggling with getting rebounds because this Grizzlies team was playing so aggressively and they were willing to get the fouls, but they were willing to get the rebound and they were just battling, battling, battling for it. And then second chance opportunity just skyrocketed in this. And that's really how they're able to build such a big lead for themselves. Also golden State's a really good three point shooting team. So I expected way better three point shooting uh, than, than we actually ended, ended up getting, which I think was kind of disappointing. Uh, Cause I want to see this kind of this warriors team, play really good three-point basket or three-point basketball because all these players are really good at it uh curry's really good at it um clay thompson can hit him jordan Poole can hit him so there's plenty on this roster that can you know dominate if they really have to if you look at it the golden state was 14 for 39 which is 35 percent from three-point range the grizzlies were 18 for 41 which is 43 percent um overall their their field goal percentage from the floor wasn't that you know far off but the free throws like i mentioned uh, the Grizzlies had 22 of 30. They shot 30 free, um, free throws, which is kind of one of the things where you start to dominate if you're able to do that. Um, so, I, And I also think this what happened in the game where Golden State actually won, was able to get close in the game and almost win, they were able to get, gather turnovers just as much as the Grizzlies were able to get turnovers. Each team had 10 and 6 blocks, respectively, like I mentioned. This game, not really the same story. Golden State had 22 turnovers as opposed to nine for the Grizzlies. You can't do that. The Grizzlies had 12 steals. Uh, and let's see here. Total rebounds, like I mentioned, Grizzlies had 55 total rebounds as opposed to 37. 
But of those 55 for the for the Grizzlies, 18 of those was offensive. So they were having consistent opportunities to re-put up the basketball, and that's really when they were able to put this Golden State team in, in a very big hole and allow them not to be able to come back out. And only times that they even got close if you're Golden State was the times when the three-point play was dropping down. But it, the problem was they only came in pairs of two. Where they only got one player was able to get a hot hand, and they were able to hit a couple free uh, two points. So that was good, but that really didn't last so long. You know, all that long. So I think there's a lot of things they've got to clean up in this game, uh, next game today if they want to close out the series. You still have the upper hand. You still have the 3-2 to two, um, record. So you can close it out t- tonight if you really want to. But they're going to have to play much better than they play tonight. They're going to be expecting a very physical Memphis team who wants to dominate. And they're not just going to roll over. They're going to, you know, they're going to go at you with everything that they have. You're going to have to wait into the fourth quarter when this team gets a little bit tired. I don't know what it is, but especially in the last few games, when John Murray is not on the court, that happens. Now, the other question you have to ask yourself is, is Memphis finding their footing with John Morant not on the court? Or are they finding that guy that can close out the basketball game? Then you have to be very scared because if they can find out who they are, who that guy is when John Morant's not on the court in the postseason, then that's going to affect the following season because then they know that if John Murray's not in the game, Play, uh, the other team still has to worry about what they're able to do and how they're able to close up basketball games. So the implication of this game and the scope of the game, I think, goes beyond uh, this next uh, basketball game. However, I fully expect Golden State to bounce back. I don't think they're going to you know, feel good about this loss. This, this is a very high-powered offense. Um, in a lot of ways, I believe they're one of the best teams in the playoffs right now. Um, and yes, I mentioned they're probably. I, I predict they're going to go to the uh, the, the the finals, but they're going to have to clean up a lot of stuff before we can even have that conversation with this t- about this team because they're going to have to either play. I believe it's the Suns or the Mavericks are going to have to play them. And if they get the Suns and they're playing like they just played against this Grizzlies team, it's going to be a long, long, long seven or four game sweep or whatever how many games they you know get them in. So they're going to have to clean this up and they're going to have to show a lot of answers in this particular game. Uh, because if they lose this and then they win, I don't have a whole lot of confidence for them going into the Suns because the Suns is a far better basketball team than this Grizzlies team is. And this Grizzlies team is one heck of a basketball team. So there's a lot, you know, riding on and a lot of implications on this game. And I'm excited to see what happens. All right. Question for you. Uh, you know, John Morant, he's injured, right? Right. Why is it that basketball is more like the players seem to like these star players, they seem to just be out all the time. Like why? Like in other sports, I mean, I, I know there's injuries. Like football, you can understand, you know, why you yeah. get in, you get injuries with what goes on there on the field. But you got baseball, and uh, I guess it's a little less contact than than football. But look at hockey, right? So I don't know why is it that the basketball players are always hurt. Uh, it might be a little bit of flopping. I mean, I think it's one of those things where I think it's a lot of basketball is a lot of players it's like drama jumping. It's like, like an, oh, okay, it, like yeah. a lot of jumping <laughs> in the basketball, and what ends up happening is players get caught in situations where they maybe don't mean to injure the player or whatever the case may be, but they're getting in the situation where they're colliding in the air and then, yeah. they, you know, they fall down against hardwood, which is, yeah. if you ever fell against hardwood, is very yeah. painful. Yeah. And they could land funny. And Dude, I got to tell you, when those guys hit the ground, it looks, I always, it looks very painful to me. It looks like I, like... I don't, like football players are on grass, right? Right. It's turf, so it's, it's not turf. like it's that painful to hit. Well, I'm laying I'm, down unless it, you get absolutely smacked. I mean, it, I'm sure it's painful, but but the way these guys, you know, but then and then they they act really injured. So then I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, that looked hard, like he hit the ground hard. He's acting like he hit, and then he just pops up and he just runs off to the side. Right. So I think it's that. 
Plus, I think the aggression level of the second round of the playoffs especially rises it because everyone's trying to go out to the ball, and sometimes when you're diving for a ball, you could actually hit someone's leg, and that can cause an injury like we saw. I think that's what happened with John Morant. So things like that are the reasons I think in the NBA in particular, there's a lot more injuries, but I feel like it's more felt in the NBA than any other sport because of the fact that the NBA only has five guys on yeah, a court at a time. And only the roster is only like 12 guys total. So, um, and then the NBA, you got, or in the NFL, you got like 52 men roster. So there's a lot of guys in every other yeah, sport. Yeah, but think about the positional problem though. In football, right. you know, you got limited guys at each position, whereas in basketball, you have very you know, limited. Well, but those guys can like fill in and play in different roles, right? A little bit. But I also think, in, at least in my opinion, from what you see, if in the NFL a player goes down, other than the quarterback position, there's a way for them to kind of patch that up and still win, you know, football games. With basketball, I feel like every time a star player goes down, the whole the whole team goes down with them, unless they create a roster where they're like, we have to be able to win regardless of who's on the court. And I feel like that's one of the teams that that uh, the Grizzlies are. They're able to win no matter who's on the court. So I think it's an interesting conversation of yeah. like why basketball is one of these sports where. You, ha- the, if the star player's on the court, you win. If he's not, you lose. And I think that the prime example of that is the Lakers, where when LeBron James and Anthony Davis were not on the court, they were not good. Yeah. And then they came back on the court and they started winning foot- basketball games. With the Suns, Devin Booker was not on the court. They started sliding against this uh, Pelicans team or the Pelicans team where they played a uh, series ago. Then he comes back, boom, they're they're destroying and they're, they're on a really big tear. John Moran's out, they lose a basketball game. Now they're starting to find their footing a little bit and that's a little bit of a unique situation because this already happened. So each time this stuff happens and when Clay Thompson was out for Golden State all those years, they were not they were struggling with it, struggling to get into the playoffs. They really couldn't get anything going. Damien is out and now the Portland could not find any footing they were desperately trying to find it. So I think in basketball, because the rosters are so small that if one of these injuries happens it's very hard to bounce back and get to the point where you're you know where you were at at the beginning before you even got injured so I think especially with basketball it's one of those things where if the player goes down it's bad for him and I wonder and we talked about this on the podcast where should players play the entire game and I, I think they should play the entire thing and I believe that's good to play for for you know for the full full time because I think that allows you to play with your teammates and have that camaraderie but also at the same time with basketball in particular, um, and I think it might be the exception about it is there's so many opportunities to get injured, and when you lose a basketball player, it's you know extremely detrimental to the overall health of the team because the roster is so small. So I wonder if there's if there's more of an argument to be made that they should you know get rested and not end up injuring themselves in an unneeded fashion. So I think there's you know there's both of those sides of that coin a little bit, and there could be arguments made either way. But personally, I think it's interesting how much rides on that one basketball player or that one or two basketball players that can literally decide everything. One goes down, that entire series changes, lopsided. I mean, even with the 76ers, they lost the first two games without Joel Embiid. He comes back, they win the next two. Now they are struggling, and they could get eliminated. Um, but it's just one of those things which is an interesting situation. So um, I just thought that would be – I thought that's kind of interesting and kind of yeah. how that works in the chemistry yeah. of basketball. Yeah, the chemistry, the, the number of guys on the court, have one guy – one really good guy missing out on, you know, playtime is going to radically impact what, what you see. So totally, totally. All right. It's Friday. That means it is time for trivia. And I'm killing it lately. Yes. I'm killing it. So what you got? All right. So in the spirit of talking about the Memphis Grizzlies, we yep. have a trivia question about them. Okay. So the tri- uh, they won against the 
the Golden State Warriors by a margin of 39 points. <laughs> okay. Now their biggest that they ever had. This is still the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. Okay. Was a win of 73 points. They had a 73 point victory. Margin of victory. Margin of victory. 152 to 79. Wow. It was in December 2nd, 2021. So last season. So last season. Which team was it? Here's your options. The New York, uh, the new, the the, the Nets, I'm sorry. Good grief. The Nets, (laughs) the Houston Rockets, or the Oklahoma City Thunder? Thunder. That'd be correct. Oh, yeah. See? New York or the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ding. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Awesome. Well, that'll do it for today. Listeners, enjoy your weekend. We hope to see you back here on Monday. Uh, Otherwise, uh, we'll catch you when we catch you. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Have a good weekend. God bless. See See ya.